Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. sixth episode of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Uh, Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcasts. We are dedicated to providing hope and strength to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today I have a recording of Marion Giddings to talk uh, to our concussion support group. the topic of suicide will be discussed. I know it's not an easy topic um, and something a lot of us have struggled with. Marion will discuss um, how to handle suicidal thoughts and how to heal. Marion earned a Bachelor of Social Work and a Master's of Social Work from Virginia Commonwealth University and is a licensed clinical social worker with a private practice in Wilmington, North Carolina. She has worked as a social worker since 1992 in the areas of housing security, mental health with adults, adolescents, and couples, as well as in the area of suicide awareness, prevention, intervention, and postvention. She believes strongly in the healing power of relationship and strives to support clients um, to develop healthy connections with their loved ones and with their communities. Okay. Um, hi, I am gonna. I'm unmuted, and now I'm gonna. I am gonna share a slide presentation. Um, first, I just wanna. I wanna see you guys and not look at the slides. So hang on a second. As I say this. Um, so I just want to first acknowledge my privilege as somebody who is educated and white and straight with an education that um, while I worked for it, there were other folks who made lots of sacrifices. And um, as I situate myself, I also acknowledge that I live in Wilmington, North Carolina on land that is occupied, that belongs to the Sinoan people. And um, I want to just acknowledge my ancestors and theirs and all the sacrifices that have been made bring me to this place, including the ability to have a daughter and 
two daughters and um, an amazing family. So I'm going to try to share my slide presentation. I apologize for the fan that you hear running in the background. I did attempt to resolve that. If you have any issues with hearing me, um, let me let me know. Okay. How do I share the? In the, in the bottom in the center, there's a share screen. It's green. Okay. Let me share this. I prefer this. Oh, cool. Okay, I can see you. Okay. So, then uh, play from the beginning. Um, okay, so I'm not going to tell you guys anything that you don't know, and everything that I know, you can know. So, I'm going to say that. And I told Emily earlier that I'm a little bit nervous that I'm plagiarizing somebody. I'm not trying to plagiarize anybody. And again, nothing that I'm sharing with you is my original thought. Um, how I share it with you and how it's synthesized is mine. Um, but please, I, I believe strongly in being open and curious, and I encourage you all to do that as well. And if you have any feedback for me, please share it with Emily and she'll get it to me. Um, <clears throat> I modeled this presentation on an article that I got from Help Guide. Um, org, which is an organization that was formed, a nonprofit that was formed as the result of a young woman's death to suicide, and um, I encourage you to check it out. And the folks that wrote the article that I am talking about are folks whose names I recognize from the American Association of Suicidology, and I encourage you to check that organization out as well. They're undergoing some changes and they were um, a huge help in in my learning. So let's see here. There's a ton of teachers that I could acknowledge and, the, and first and foremost the people that I want to acknowledge are the clients that I've had the privilege of working with and being with as they sought to resolve whatever brought them into my office um, or brought me into their lives. Um, so, now how do I move forward? Okay, so, trigger warning. Um, if you or someone you care about is thinking about hurting themselves or someone else, I encourage you to get help immediately. The information that I'm providing you here is just that, it's information. It's not a substitute for a comprehensive evaluation or um, treatment with someone face-to-face -face or through telemental health. And we all need help, folks. So here are, I've included the suicide crisis helplines, which are also in the help guide and my focus today is what do we do when we are having suicidal thoughts or feelings so i'm not going to really discuss um what i know about folks who have died by suicide that's not the purpose the purpose is to just acknowledge that we all in moments of pain 
um, you can get to the place of feeling stuck and hopeless. And I want to give you guys some options for managing that. Um, I myself am a survivor of suicide loss and that prompted my desire to understand more. Um, in 2013, I lost my baby brother. And in 2014, this is an old picture, I lost my brother-in-law, um, who I had known for um, 27 years. So this topic is important to me. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful, oh, I'm grateful for what I have learned as a result of the losses I've had to so, Not that I want them to be gone. Here are those lines that I was talking about. And in Canada, there is a national hotline. I also included the hotlines that were in the, the article from United Kingdom and Ireland and Australia. And I don't know where you guys are, so um, please forgive me if I left somebody out. Okay. And there's the SAMHSA's helpline. And I think this is extremely important because we need to know how to access help. If we're struggling, we need to know where to go. And this is a great resource in the United States. And I believe that in Canada, I apologize for not including that. Um, there are also resources and I encourage you to, to use those telephone numbers to then get the information if you're needing more support. Okay, big thing is that you're not alone. Um, having suicidal thoughts or feelings does not mean that you have a character defect, um, doesn't, doesn't mean that you're crazy. In no matter how much pain you are in, it's important for you to know that you are not alone. And it's just that. It's an indication that you are overwhelmed and in need of support. And that's the first step. Um, the thoughts and feelings that you are having in a moment where you are having thoughts um, about wanting the pain to end all of that will end and can shift with support. Um, those thoughts and feelings will pass. And I, I included a quote here from my dentist. He's probably one of my best teachers, okay? <laughs> so my, my dentist's name is Dr. Wolf. Um, and I'll just never forget learning that you can breathe through anything. So we stop, drop out of our head and into our center and take a couple deep breaths, which I'm going to do right this second. Um, again, we are not our feelings or our thoughts or what we have done. And that's important to remember. Okay, so the premise here is the five major lies that we buy into. And that is, and I'm paraphrasing here from Henri Nouwen, um, we tell ourselves and we can get into these loops, and I'll leave the brain science to the brain scientists, but we can, we can really um, entrench ourselves into a way of thinking 
really strengthen these neural pathways that we originally designed, I think, outside of our awareness to help us stay alive. And it comes from, you know, this need to, to survive, right? And we tell ourselves, we are what we feel. This must be the truth. We are what we think. I think it, therefore it is. We have to be careful with that. We are what we do. We are what we have. We are what other people say about us. That's what cognitive behavioral therapy is seeking to address. There, it's seeking to address some version of these thought distortions, stinking thinking, if you will, um, and to shift the power that these can have over you. So I ask my clients to post this. These are the five major lies and not truths. They are much more than just these things. Um, so what causes us to have suicidal thoughts? Um, it's emotional pain and that's unique for each of us. And our ability to manage that pain varies as well. Our ability or inability to come up with solutions can be a part of the problem. And this is where support and treatment come in. Um, when I wrote that, I thought about that saying, you know, two heads are better than one. In reality, for those of us or those who are experiencing suicidality and those of us that are seeking to support folks in that position, um, we may need more than just another head. And sometimes it's just our presence showing up. And that's really tough right now, right, with the pandemic. Um, so we have to get creative. And I think that's particularly important for people who are, are recovering from a concussion. What I recall is being aware that you know, witnessing Emily's recovery was just her need to be, for it to be quiet and to rest. And that meant that she was alone some of the time. Um, and in my work as a social worker, there are a number of clients that I can think of that, that in their recovery from traumatic brain injury or concussion, it meant that they were isolating too. I mean, this, this, ties into the, how we can inadvertently perpetuate suicidality. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. So I know I'm telling you guys to reach out and do more, which, you know, understand that it's, there's a process here and we need to not, we need to be patient with ourselves and operate with a lot of compassion, right? So suicidal thoughts are generally temporary and I have yet to meet a human being who has not at some point in their life experienced the thought that I'm done. I wish I wasn't here. I wish I didn't have to deal with this. And again, that's an indication that we're hurting and that we do need support. I just had this conversation just before I got on with you guys. Um, and I had to give my client a lot of um, appreciation and recognition for the fact he did not just 
you know, white knuckle it and tough through, he reached out for, for support, which was different than what he had been doing in the past. So I wanna talk about two simple strategies that sort of help us manage suicidal thoughts or even just, you know, pain, right? Um, this is borrowed from the folks who have um, shared information on mindfulness-based stress reduction. And the first one is RAIN. And this one was particularly helpful for two of my clients who, they're yes butters. Are any of y'all yes butters? I can't see y'all, so y'all let me know if y'all are yes butters. <laughs> so we're trying to figure things out and make sense of things. And sometimes we just got to let go and that's really hard. So, um, think about a marble that was rolling across the floor. So the thought I'm done, or I wish I was dead. It's a thought it doesn't have to stay. So it's the marble, recognize it, acknowledge it, right? Like it's there, allow it. We're not trying to, power struggle with it or hold on to it or tuck it away and carry it around like a talisman. Um, we're gonna investigate it. Not closely, this is a, a quick process. Investigate, isn't that interesting? Huh, wonder what that's about. Non-identify, let it go. Again, back to the slide where I talked about the five major lies. We are not our thoughts. We are not our feelings and we are not what we have done, especially when we consider our worst moments, right? Sometimes I use the um, analogy of a leaf on a brook because for those of us that are yes butters, that's me too, we, we, we sometimes get into the brook and we muck around with all the leaves that are floating, all these thoughts. And, and we want to organize them and make sense. Of, and sometimes we just need to get out of the brook and let it go. Um, this next embodiment exercise, I, I really love. I learned this, um, I'm doing some training with um, the Living School out of the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And when the teacher was demonstrating this, I, I really, it resonated, I felt it. So it begins with taking a deep breath and pausing, which we need to do more of. And first just acknowledge what is. Again, just this is what is. And then allow yourself to Feel your feelings about that. And I said this to my client this morning. Yeah, compartmentalization is a good skill to have. We all have it. And sometimes we just need to acknowledge that we're having some feelings and then let it go. It's, it's, it's a very slow, beautiful movement and I encourage you to play with it, practice it, your version of it. 
Um, we do know that when we're trying to solve problems, we need to have access to our frontal lobe, which for some of us is not fully developed yet. Um, and if we have a brain injury, the good news is it's not the end of the story. Our body holds knowledge too. And if we allow ourselves this space to open up and move with our body, then, then that knowledge will, um, will surface. So. so even problems that seem hopeless have solutions. Again, these conditions that lead us to experience suicidality or have thoughts of ending our life, they may be born from something such as depression, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, trauma, physical trauma, and emotional trauma. And what I'm here to tell you is people are incredibly resilient. And these strategies are options and tools for helping us to resolve the thought pattern. We have to let go of the thought pattern and the behavior, which I'm going to get to. Um, I've listed a couple of TED Talks here that I think are important. The one that I didn't put in here, and I, I don't know if I did later on in the slides, is the happiness advantage. I'll never forget when Emily sent me that from her high school <laughs> classroom or wherever she was when she sent it. It, it was it's a beautiful way of describing what we're talking about and what cognitive behavioral therapists have been talking about, including how many of you out there have heard of David Burns. He wrote a book called Feeling Good. He's an old school cognitive behavioral guy and he's a psychiatrist. Um, and just 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 this is solid stuff. And it's easy. Many of you who have had some experience in therapy will recognize his, his work. So I'm going to get to some of that. Here's the other thing that I want you to know. If you haven't found a way to manage the feelings and the thoughts, I encourage you to keep looking. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about things that you can do that might help with that. Not every treatment is right for every occasion, just like sneakers aren't right for every occasion. Although Emily would argue that sneakers are appropriate for all occasions, just like her father would say that flip flops are right for all occasions <laughs> or being barefoot. <laughs> so, you know, just keep, keep, Keep exploring your options. Okay. If you are feeling suicidal, please take the following five steps. Again, I took this straight from this help guide. I did change some of the language because I am a yes butter and I would argue some of the language. Language matters, folks. Words matter. <clears throat> okay. So commit to not doing anything right this moment. If you are having thoughts about hurting yourself, you're making a commitment to not do anything. 
Thoughts and actions are two different things. Suicidal thoughts do not have to become reality. Put some distance between your thoughts and, your, and the any actions you've considered. And this means, and I'm going to get to that, the restricting access to any means that you would use to hurt yourself. And we're going to avoid any drugs or alcohol. Anesthetizing in this way makes it worse. Suicidal thoughts can become stronger under the influence of these powerful depressants. You're going to make your home safe. Again, restrict access to any means you've considered to ending your life. Get them out of your house. Um, so if you, if you have access to firearms and you're having suicidal thoughts, you're going to give your firearms to somebody else to hold on to. Um, it, you're going to do what you can to keep yourself safe. I'm going to talk about the other stuff. So do not keep these suicidal feelings to yourself or these thoughts to, to yourself. Talk with someone who's willing to help and keep talking until you get the help and support you need. Keep in mind though that letting go is part of the process too. So this is where the yes but thing can, is really important. We know in our being when somebody is showing up and being present to us. So when we're experiencing these kinds of thoughts and feelings, we need somebody who's going to be our witness. Do what you can to get the witness, right? And take courage. Now in the article, they use the word hope. And I, I prefer the word courage because I think it takes a lot of courage to share yourself with someone else, to share these thoughts. I also wanna, I wanna just say that, again, I haven't met a human being who's lived through any kind of trauma that hasn't had some of these thoughts and feelings. They do not define us. We are much more than our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. <clears throat> and you know, folks who have survived um, a suicide attempt tell me and tell others that they're glad that they're they're generally glad they're here. So just keep exploring your options. I'm not saying it's easy, okay? So strategies for coping with suicidality. We, we are, we're, we're social creatures. We need to talk with someone every day. Find your person. If you can talk with them face to face every day, cool beans. And do that even if you don't feel like it. Um, make a safety plan. So I know that Emily has talked to, to me about this and I don't know if, Emily, did you guys share um, a safety plan thing with folks? No. I don't think we have yet, but we can definitely do that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send me something. Me and Taya can put it out. Okay. So here, here's the app. I looked. I've looked at a bunch of these apps, um, and, and I like this one. So the the standard is the Stanley Brown Safety Plan, which is is a, a sheet of paper that you guys can fill in. But I really like this app. I think it is important, though, if to find a 
the paper one, I'll send that out. And to, to write it out, too, not just to have it on your phone. Because having, it's like a recipe card. I'm in this, can I cuss? In this, in this shitty yes. place. Yes, you can. Go for it. Okay, so if we're in this shitty place, we sometimes just need directions on how to get out of there. Um, and the printed version of the safety plan filled out in your words, if you can't write it out because you're just too stressed about it, find that person who can sit down with you and write it out. And then print it out and tape it up. Tape it up in your bathroom. Tape it up on the refrigerator. Carry it around in your pocketbook or your wallet. That's why I like this phone one too. So it's, um, it just says safety plan and I can't remember who, who wrote it. Maybe I put it, oh, I put it in there. Oh, it's by the Health Inquiry, Inquiry Health LLC. Find, find one that works for you if that one doesn't work. Um, next, make a written schedule. And I think this is particularly important for folks who are recovering from grief or traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, because we, we can get stuck in our amygdala and we've only got five options there, but I'm only going to address three, fight, flight, freeze. Um, and that's not our highest level reasoning. That's not how we're going to solve problems. Um, so you're going to make a schedule and you're going to think about the three C's. Clarity of expectation, which goes to goals. That I'm asking you guys to think a lot here too. Consistency, a written schedule helps with consistency and consequences. So think positive ones when we um, get up in the morning and brush our teeth and get dressed, we feel better, right? So that's a consequence of our behavior. Um, and I bet you guys can come up with some other ones. Next, get out in the sun. The research on this is extensive. We need fresh air. We need green space. And I think it's really important to mix it up. Like if you live someplace where you have, you know, when you go out your front door and, and you're going for a walk, if you go left, go right. And pay attention to what you see. The Buddhists have a great meditation and it's called walk, walk with child, where you're supposed to, to walk with a two or a three year old and do everything that they do. I'm grinning because I'm thinking about you, Emily, when you were little, we would go on these walks and every fire hydrant we'd pass, she'd have to tell us how it worked. And, and you have to stop and to be in the present. You just kind of sink down into what that kid is doing. I watched uh, uh, a young girl, she wasn't really young, maybe 13, surfing the other day with her dad. And it was beautiful just to watch her be on the board and feel the wave and her dad was watching her and you know, not telling her what to do, just there. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Wendell Berry, who is a farmer and a poet, he says we should learn 
how to identify at least six birds and their calls. Um, which I think in the time of the great pause is a great goal. Okay, exercise, move your body. This comes from the um, happiness advantage. Oh, I did put it in there. The happiness advantage, 30 minutes, moderate intensity every day. So Sean Anker talks about five strategies that help elevate our disposition in this happiness advantage talk. He says that we're born with a certain disposition. So some of us are born like Eeyore and some of us are born like Tigger and some variety in between. And the good news is we can do something with either of those dispositions that help us to um, achieve our goals. So folks who are experiencing depression and anxiety. These are the five things that he um, says can help elevate your happiness, spark happiness, elevate your disposition. Um, they are make a gratitude list, write down three things that you're grateful for every day, journal, bullet points, small, a nurturing positive experience that you witnessed or were a part of in the last 24 hours, um, moderate exercise 30 minutes every day, engage in a meditative practice daily, and commit random acts of kindness, which is in this list of things, ways to cope. Okay, so remember your goals. If you don't know what they are or can't remember them, make your own bucket list, make a vision board. Think about and pay attention to what sparks joy. And don't just pay attention to physical things too, but pay attention to the sounds and smells and tastes. It doesn't have to be extravagant. So these are the things to avoid. And I think this is important. Isolating and being alone will help to strengthen the neural pathway that allows suicidal thoughts to further develop. Whatever we're fantasizing about, daydreaming about, that has power. So pay attention to that. Um, avoid alcohol and drugs as those again can increase depression and inhibit any problem solving strategies. And it also increases the likelihood of impulsivity. Um, may speak to this really quick here too. This, this sleep is really important when I'm talking about this. And I know that some, I think the, um, oh, I can't remember who was talking about not sleeping well because their brother was being loud. Thank you, Anna. Um, so, <laughs> I so empathize. I'm the oldest of seven. Um, so I know about <laughs> noise. Um, sleep is important though. If we get less than five hours of sleep, it's, it, it, it really reduces our ability to think. I'm, I'm hurrying up on here. Okay, avoid doing things that make you feel good. Okay, like listening to, I had this one client, he had a playlist and he called it his suicide playlist. This is not a playlist to make, people. Delete that. We do not need to listen to Back in my day, um, it was like The Cures, or The Cure, The Smiths. Um, oh, some of these songs were like really depressing. 
so that's let's not do that and don't and avoid watching sappy sad violent whatever movies i have had some clients in their effort to make sense of um breaches of trust in their relationships um and to make sense of loss they will we need to do this in some ways to to integrate loss but when you are fixated on text messages that are not nice or emails or letters or cards or pictures and you're you, we call that making a narrative you're writing the story and if we we're looking for confirmation that our thinking is correct and sometimes our thinking is not correct so we have to be open to checking that out am i does that make sense somebody say yes or no if it doesn't yeah, you're good. okay um let's see here stinking thinking is real <laughs> it is a real thing um and you have control over it even if you don't believe you do i love the um this this is his newer book dr burns and i the, his story in the introduction he's talking about this painter that came to his house and he was doing a great job taking care of stuff and then it was like his next to last day and dr burns says to the guy frank i'm really sad today is your last day you've done such an amazing job on the house and i'm sad you're not going to be here after today and he frank shared a little bit about what was going on with him and said so i have some questions and i don't know if it's appropriate for me to ask or not and the doctor said sure so he talks about how he helped frank make a different decision so i'm trained in cognitive behavioral therapy and under that umbrella um, transactional analysis and redecision therapy are um, the two strategies that i i spent a lot of time studying so Eric Byrne is a teacher of mine, not in person, because he died. Um, but Mary Goulding, Bob Goulding, um, Van Joins, and other folks that were in training with me at Van's place up in Chapel Hill. And this is where I really learned um, what I already knew, by the way, that what we focus on becomes our reality. I'm not saying that we have to put rose colored glasses on and pretend like everything's okay. First, we need to acknowledge what is, allow ourselves to feel that, and then to let it go and be aware of how our thoughts reinforce what we're seeing or how we see it. Um, again, practice over perfection and really adopting the concept of plenty good enough. Um, it, these are extremely important when trying to develop strategies for managing um, our thoughts. Okay, so some of this is a repeat. I'm gonna just go through it pretty quickly here. Five steps to recovery from suicidal ideation. Identify triggers and situations that lead to shame and despair and come up with alternative options. Sometimes the people we think 
we need to be in relationship with are not good for us. Doesn't mean that the person's not good or you're not good. It means that we need to, we need a shift. Self-care is a thing. Exercise, dance, eat good food, drink water, all the things your mom told you to do. Sleep and um, I'm a big advocate of pooping. Everybody should poop at least once. I love that you added that. Thank you. Um, oh, wait a minute. How do I see you again? Oh. Okay. So, yes. Think about, think about it. Uh, well, let me just explain this. Pooping helps release oxytocin. It makes us feel better. We don't need to keep, you know, the toxins in there. And sometimes the pooping involves letting go of people who are not good for us. So create a support network. I love that you guys are in this room together, that you have this group. Choose your posse. And, you know, if you need to let go of something, let go of it. Letting go of judgment. Develop new interests, learn new things. I have a sister who is an amazing knitter. She has been a craftswoman forever. And I love how she sits down and figures things out. I remember watching her when we were younger, making jewelry with beads. Um, learn to deal with stress in healthful ways. Take stress reduction. Letting go of stinking thinking. Okay, and be your own best thought decontaminator. Now, just because you think it doesn't make it reality. You know, oh, I really suck at this. Well, is that true? Or do I really, like, I, I mean, arguably, I'm not a, the world's greatest singer. Um, I won't demonstrate. But it, it's, <laughs> it's not necessarily true that I'm the world's worst singer, right? And... I often say, I can't dance. That's not true. I can dance. Might not be to somebody else's rhythm, but I can dance. Challenge the stinking thinking. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna stop sharing. And yeah, okay. Oh, I talked way too long, okay. Today I have Emily, who is also part of McGill Students for Concussion Legacy Foundation and is Marion's daughter, who she refers to <laughs> often, uh, and Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast, joining me to discuss uh, Marion's talk. Um, at the end, the little portion that got cut off uh, was just me thanking her and telling her like she was good for time and that it was no big deal. Um, so what do you guys have to say about uh, Marion's talk. Well, I guess, well, I'll go first. I'll hand over to Emily because, I mean, well, we did uh, actually with uh, Lauren's Ajax, I did uh, episode nine of Phoenix, Phoenix Concussion Recovery Podcast. We did about cognitive behavioral therapy. And uh, so that this uh, that all sounded very familiar to me. Because I, don't, I personally didn't have any, have any real issues with uh, suicidal ideation. So, I will. I'll, but it was very informative, and I think it's viable. It's a good thing that 
I think it's great that you guys have a podcast because, or that you have a group and a podcast, because this is not a subject I necessarily would have covered. I think it's very mm-hmm. important, but I just wouldn't have covered it. It's just, it's not, it's not something I'm. Yeah, it's not all that familiar with. Yeah, yeah, it's not something you would have thought of. Yeah. No, I'm really glad that Marion came on and talked about suicide prevention. And um, rather than the topic of suicide, I like that she focused on, like, what you can do when you are in those situations to keep yourself safe. Because I think that's definitely a lot more relevant to um, concussion survivors that are um, dealing with uh, suicidal ideation and suicidal thoughts and just, like, not wanting to be alive. Um yeah. So that was definitely really important. Yeah, I think that, well, first of all, I'm so thankful my mom made it on. Um, I obviously have heard a lot of what she was talking about, just um, her being your mom. <laughs> but um, I really, really like that she was talking, she she was normalizing it without making it, like, too intense or, like, dramatic, you know? She yeah. wasn't, like, minimizing it or, like, oversizing it. She was just kind of talking about, you know, these are thoughts that will happen. And you don't have to feel, you know, super estranged from the rest of the world because of it. Because it is, you know, we a lot of us do go through loss. It's very it's common. Yeah. a common thought. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. especially very common in TBI and while they suck, and I know some people talk about feeling a lot of shame around them, um, I think it's important that we are talking about it and kind of normalizing. Not normalizing it, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like she she made it aware that, like, it happens to everyone, and it's, a like, not happens to everyone, but, like, it's a common thing dealing with a TBI. And, yeah. like, Being comfortable not talking about them. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's really hard to talk, yeah. talk about it, but um, talking about it is really important, and she really kind of normalized it in a sense of like it's okay to feel that way um and like you said like she didn't minimize she didn't um like dismiss the feelings um and she also provided some really good resources which was really helpful yeah and I think something we hit on um in the post discussion a little bit is that um that maybe like she hit on making one of these action plans which maybe we can mm-hmm. link one of those um, into the document for this. But um, the app she referred to actually is um, Suicide Safety Plan app, um, which you can find and download. Yeah, and I think they have a bunch of different ones. I was looking the other day. Um, yeah, but she, I think one of the big things is like making that safety plan when you are okay. Because mm-hmm. when we're in that state, like, it is so difficult to figure out what to do because we're not, we're like in, we're not in our normal mindset. And I think it's just, I think sometimes I like don't make plans and kind of this, I don't necessarily work on these things that I'll have for later because I'm like, oh, well, I'm okay right now. Yeah. It's it's important and it, it doesn't take long. You can, can see how it relates to because she mentioned that suicidal thoughts are often temporary and uh, and that making plans is obviously not gonna be the temporary 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 thoughts and, and plans are not don't coincide so so I think that's yeah. it's a good way to get your mind to think about if you think about a plan then you think about the future. Then it's not something that's impulsive or Necessary temp- mm-hmm. as temporary is. 
Although yeah. it can be long, but it's not necessarily temporary. The, the plan is just really good for also just like when you're in that state of like where you're really bad and you are at like the lowest of lows, like having that plan already created and there for you to like tell you what to do when you are feeling that way is really important. Um, someone mentioned that they have their, they have one that they've created and it's like in the cupboard, um, like on the cupboard of one of their things. And um, that's been helpful. And yeah. They really, yeah. Nice to have directions when you're in one of those stressed out mindsets. Yeah. Right. I used to have a, <laughs> I used to have a note on my phone that was just like, if you're reading this, go take a nap. Because <laughs> I'm getting these really bad, like, mindsets when I ne just needed to nap and I couldn't figure out what I needed to do. And <laughs> that decision-making, I think, is can be an issue with concussion and TBI. Yeah. So having, like, these pre-made decisions that you can refer to is so – can be a lifesaver, yeah. like, truly. It was also um, – she also said something about uh, how some of us are born, like, Eeyore – and some of us are born like Tigger or somewhere in between. I really, 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 really like that. Um, the Eeyore and Tigger thing was like, I I really, really like that. I just relate to Taya. Oh, it was great. Juicy, was who would you think you, who do you think you're most like? I'm Eeyore. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Eeyore is me. I think I can be like Tigger sometimes. I feel like you're more towards Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> and we are polar opposites. Yes. Um, but, yeah. And I also really liked um, when your mom was talking about, like, the steps. Um, and she was talking about, uh, like, like, knowing the difference between, like, like, not doing anything in the moment because the thoughts and actions are two different things. Um, thoughts don't have to become actions, um, just like in that step. Um, and then also when she referred to like asking for help as like courage and like courageous, like that's, I think that's a really good way to put it too, because, um, you're, you are courageous for reaching out for help. Yeah. I was going to say that's such a, um, when she's talking about how we don't have to white knuckle it. Yeah, I wonder where white knuckle even comes from. But it comes I, good gripping. Like, yeah, you, you, they gotta make a fist, make a fist, and your knuckles, knuckles turn white. Yeah. Aha! Thank you guys. <laughs> um, I I have a tendency to white knuckle. Same. Um, I don't ask for help. Yeah, and it's it's and I'm learning how to ask for help, and it's so nice. And I just am always, I think I worry about asking for help because I feel like I'm gonna be like a burden. And meanwhile, mm -hmm. like, I'm so inspired by people that just ask for help. Like, but so also, like mom said, like the people that you're asking for help from, they've felt that way too. They've been in that moment. Um, and they do want to help. Um, and like, because they've survived it. And so they have experienced your pain. Um, and they can just kind of provide a helpful insight too. But it's hard asking for help. It is. It is. And I think that's a good point. And I liked how she was talking about like avoiding, you know, 
avoiding staying in that mindset, like not playing a suicide playlist. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it cracked so, me up. She so. said the cure. But, um, the Karen Smiths, and I was like, those are pretty good bands. But, uh... <laughs> they are, but they're such depressing bands. <laughs> yeah. Just... feel that way, not the best. So. Oh, yeah, and I, I'm such a musical person that Yeah. I really feel, it's interesting, like I, I feel music very, it, it affects me a lot. And did, you, did you ever have a playlist that you listen to all the time after your concussion? Um. Not, oh, I think I was getting into grunge after my concussion, which suits. Um, it's also the age, I guess, you were at. Yeah. You you're like 14 or 15, so that's the age when you'd, you would do that. Yeah, I, but I definitely have had, like, breakup playlists and playlists yeah. that are, like, sad. That Like, when I'm in a good mood, like, I want nothing to do with, but they definitely perpetuate a bad mood for me. Um, and so yeah. I know certain types of music can perpetuate bad mood for me um as much as i hate to admit it because i feel like i'm like getting out my anger like i'm just sitting in it yeah, making <laughs> I, it worse I, no no i uh i second that i also another thing that i liked about your mom's talk was like she was talking about a very serious topic and but she didn't like um like she didn't make it too lighthearted, but she didn't make it like so like heavy that like yeah after no i, I, done, I, I just into bed and be a ball of depression because I know that was definitely um, a worry of a lot of members like was topic of suicide it was a worry of mine like um, that's a really heavy topic and um, I had to work afterwards like I had to continue my day I had to do things and like I was like oh my god like, this is me really bad but like uh, Marion still kept it um, like it was like the more positive things rather than focusing on the bad things like or like when she's talking about her self-care and she had pooping like i don't know like it was just like and like something that like made everyone i'm sure chuckle a little bit but it wasn't like she was like being dismissive or disrespectful to people's feelings um and also her little like personal stories like emily and fire hydrants like yes um, those also <laughs> help keep it more lighthearted, but also kept it serious. Like she wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. She's very, she's very well educated in all of it, and she did a great job. She's and she's also the best. I love Marion. <laughs> Nick, what were you gonna say? Um, I've I was gonna say a lot of stuff. I'm not a lot of stuff. Just I can't remember what I was gonna say. If I had a question, or if I just was agreeing <laughs> with the. Uh, Tell about about just but that she was just hanging just she didn't say didn't say people don't say or just you know make people say okay now this topic is very serious now and she didn't take it so like stringently and and yeah. uh, so she was more open she seems she seems more open now obviously approachable and she likes mm -hmm. to as he would say likes to dance dance like a kick at your mom's accent. Yeah, Nick uh, was telling me he really liked her accent. Her accent. Oh, really? <laughs> well, well, I mean, the, the accent I hear all the time from, well, you have it. You obviously have it a bit, the but accents are so much different. Yeah. Is it really? I like can't even notice. Of course you can, because you have the same. You have the secret from there, but it's just anyway. The way it says dance, <laughs> dance, dance, not dance. not dance, not, dance. not like like I would say dance, and she says dance. 
But anyway, that's very superfluous. Yeah, but different uh, accents. Um, another thing that she talked about was a written schedule. <laughs> and I always tell Emily she needs a written schedule. She needs a planner. She needs everything <laughs> written down. And I can uh, tell you how many planners my mom has bought me. Like, yeah. in my life. Like, but, but Marion, like, talked about the three C's that you need to have, which is, um, like, the clarity of your expectations, so, like, your goals, you need consistency, and consequences. But when she was talking about consequences, she was saying positive ones, so, like, um, which is super important because I'm someone that focuses on all the negatives. I don't think about the positive things. Like, when she was ta- – like, an example she used was, like, um, when you get up in the morning and you get dressed and you brush your teeth, you feel better, which, like, is so true. When I get up in the morning, make my bed, um, put on – like some clothes that aren't just like sweatpants and a baggy shirt, like you automatically just feel a bit better. So like, and when you're in um, that mindset, like the suicidal thoughts and stuff, like little things can help a lot too. Yeah, I I agree agree with the shower thing. Like showers, it's just so simple, but it just makes you feel better. Yeah. And I don't make my, I don't make my bed, but I mean, it's just having a routine to do some of that, like, or just, doing something yeah. you think is productive so yeah yeah like, it's really hard sometimes but emily is emily doesn't make her bed a bit no, no i don't like I, okay, I just so. started making mine like in like towards like the end of september it's a new thing and like i don't make it super <laughs> nice i just pull the covers over like so it's flat that's but, it isn't it so nice to get into a bed that's made at night yeah like, I wish I did it more. And also, <laughs> just, like, when you come home from, like, a really crappy day, like, at least, like, your bed's made. Like, all, like, for the last 21 years of my life, I didn't understand why people made their bed. But, like, <laughs> it does feel so much nicer coming home, too. And it makes everything look so much cleaner. And, I don't know. That helps my mood. <laughs> well, um, there you go. So just little things. Yeah. I, things I that anyone it. can do, yeah. Yeah. Well, I liked when she was talking about the five big lives lies which is something that i still grapple with you know she's been saying for a long time because it's like you are not what you think you are not like you are not your thoughts you are not what you do you're not what you say you're not what you feel and something else you're not your actions you're not your thoughts and beliefs you're not your actions yeah yeah i'm always like what am i then but um I try not to focus on that because I really like when she talks about, you know, I, I am not what I feel and I am not necessarily what I think. I am somebody who struggles with like random. They're not random. I shouldn't say that, but very impulsive, impulsive. suicidal thoughts and I'll be fine for months. And then all of a sudden I'm driving and they're like these intrusive thoughts and it's, I'll be like driving and I'll be like, Oh, I should crash my car. And it's like, Whoa. Where did that come from? And it's like I can almost feel my body doing it. And it's it's scary. That kind of goes with this um, bipolar thing that I deal with. But, um, it's, but I feel like impulsivity is also a brain injury thing it too. Is. And I think that's like the bipolar is from the brain injury. Yeah. So it kind of all goes together. But I know that when I have those thoughts, it's like, oh, well, that's just a thought. Like, yeah. it's nice to be able it's. It's if I tell myself that, oh, it's just a thought, like, we'll get home and we'll look at an action plan. But being able to do that is a step that you need to work towards. Like, that doesn't come 
instantly and naturally. It's something that you have to work on. No, um, first time it happened, it scared the heck out of me. I went yeah. to the hospital, which I can't stress yeah. enough. If yeah. you feel like you are in danger, go to the hospital or call somebody to take you to the hospital. And I, I did. I went to the hospital when it was really bad. And now I'm able to, I've grown to be able to do it because of these different practices. Um, and yeah. everybody will be on their own journey um, in doing that. But mm -hmm. your think, mom, your mom mentioned a good point about med, med, not necessarily meditation is the way you'd think about it, but some meditative practices are very important. And that's obviously again what you saw. Just let the thought pass and uh, yeah. observe it and be okay with having it. Yeah, like like acknowledge the thought like my psychologist has said the same thing to me too like acknowledge the thought acknowledge the mm -hmm. feeling don't let it like consume you kind of thing like it's just a thought um and when you acknowledge it it'll just go away eventually yeah. um one last thing i wanted to bring up was um someone during our like post uh oh, yeah. discussion mentioned um their they use something else for the N in rain. They use nurture. Um, and I thought that was a cool one too. But um, yeah, so. Can I add one thing? Yep. Did I think what else was brought up? And I think just um, so that other people might not feel alone in this. Somebody brought up the thought that, you know, they, not that they actively want to kill themselves, but that they yeah. sometimes just don't, like, they just want to die. You know, they just want something to happen and wow. them not be alive. Um, and I want to say to anybody that's in with those thoughts, like, I, those are also common from what we gathered yeah. in the group. And no. um, not to feel alone in those thoughts either. Um, and that, once again, they are thoughts. And, yeah, definitely if you guys are ever concerned about yourselves, we're going to provide all the information to the helplines um, and just, you know, Take care of yourself. If you're worried, go to the hospital. Call the helpline. Do what you have to do. Uh, it is a, it's a temporary thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, the yeah the wanting to die and wanting something to just kind of end you that's super common. Um, and so are the suicidal thoughts. And like Emily said, like you're not alone. Um, so uh, once again, I just want to say. Thank you so much um, to Marion Giddings for coming and uh, sharing with the support group. Uh, and thanks to Nick for helping us with this podcast. We'll have a new podcast posted every Monday morning. Our upcoming podcast can be found on concussiontalk.com, uh, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. You can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com. Our peer-to-peer -peer support group is free and open to everyone. We hold three weekly meetings on Zoom, which will be linked in the description. There's one Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Head Check Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University and Volleyball Canada who rely on HeadCheck to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.